Hello, I'm Stan Stoniker, and we're here in Emerald City with another great conversation for the Hub Culture Chronicles, looking at the future of technology and its impact on society. Joining me now is Dr. Toshio Fujimoto, who's the general manager of the Shonan Health Innovation Park, and Rajiv Dutt, president and CEO, co-founder of AI Dynamics. Now, I think we have a global call going on here because one of you is in Europe, Dr. Fujimoto, you're in, in Asia, and I'm here in the United States. So nice to see that global collaboration happening. Dr. Fujimoto, can we start out with you telling us a little bit about Shonan iPark, what it is and what the purpose of the project is? Thank you very much. So iPark, Shonan iPark is a big, big research center where we pursue open innovation. And around 100 companies are, are already gathering uh, in iPark, at iPark. And uh, our uniqueness is in its uh, uh, mixed model. I mean that we have a, a kind of variety of uh, companies uh, gathering at IPAC, from small startups to big pharmaceutical companies, academia, local government, and venture capitals, so many. So normally, uh, incubator has only uh, startups, and uh, science cluster has only big companies, but IPAC has a, a mixed model. So we have a variety of uh, technologies and size of the companies there, and they are interacting. IPOC supports uh, companies to interact, exchange ideas, and collaborate through various activities, uh, such as lectures, uh, matching event, uh, and so on, uh, with the virtual platform as well. So IPOC is a place for open innovation. Fantastic. And it's located in Japan, uh, but are the companies that are part of iPark um, mostly Japanese or do they come from all around the world? I know that AI Dynamics, Rajiv's company, is uh, located there, but is, is not necessarily a Japanese company. We are open to the world, of course, so that majorities are, are Japanese companies now, but we are accepting uh, more and more uh, global companies to come to Japan. So we okay. would like to be a, a gateway to enter into Asia. Great. So Rajiv, can you tell us a little bit about AI Dynamics and how you guys came to be connected to iPark? We actually uh, attended an event. Um, so personally, a little bit about AI Dynamics. So we are an AI company. Um, we have a platform called uh, Neopulse. And what Neopulse does is it automates uh, machine learning and also um, streamlines the process of building and deploying and managing AI uh, models when they're actually in production. Um, our primary target is biotechnology. So we are increasingly, um, so that is sort of the heart of what we're doing, um, including uh, using AI to develop new therapeutics and drug discovery. Um, and actually we're, we're more broadly also in the healthcare space because we're also doing work with universities as well um, and nonprofits and, and so on. So, but primarily targeted at uh, developing development of new therapeutics, diagnostics, for example, with biomarker detection and things like that. So in terms of, um, uh, we, were, uh, we were actually introduced to uh, iPark at, I believe, a Deloitte event, of all things, um, in, in Tokyo. And um, it was uh, one of those things where when we, uh, it, it was, when we, when we understood what iPark was about, uh, it was uh, sort of love at first sight. Um, so we realized that there was a huge potential um, in terms of connecting to 
uh, other startups as well as uh, there were some some major uh, brand names as well at, at iPark. Um, and so this was the opportunity for us as a biotechnology or as an AI company in the biotechnology space to connect up to people. Um, since then, we've actually had we we've opened an office at Pi Park, so we have an we have an office uh, there. Um, we have just set up our subsidiary in Japan, and we're going to be we're in the process of starting to hire um, uh, biotechnology people in Japan. Uh, we're going to be looking at bioinformatics people, staffing our Fujisawa office, um, and. Uh, uh, starting to grow the Japanese presence. The other thing I also want to add about um, iPark, which is also the virtual um, component of iPark. I mean, with the COVID crisis uh, at where we are right now, I think one of the things that we're also looking for is the opportunity to network across a larger uh, virtual community. And this is something that um, organizations such as iPark um, can, can offer today. So there is this idea of ecosystem and I think one of the challenges as we entered the pandemic was this idea that things would in a way grind to a halt, especially in life sciences, because it is so based on laboratory-based work and these sorts of things. But it sounds like what you're saying, Rajiv, is that you guys are still able to maintain that momentum. And for Dr. Fujimoto, I just wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how this idea of virtual and real innovation is being played out with your other uh, participants in in the park. Are you guys finding that you're able to continue moving fast because of the network effect? Uh, yes, thank you for asking. You know, uh, before this pandemic, of course, all the events in iPark were uh, on site. It was not virtual. So that but because of this uh, current challenges, you know, physical distancing interferes with the individual uh, uh, networking. And uh, intercontinental, in, intercontinental travel is severely restricted right now. That interferes with the global connection. Uh, mm -hmm. With this challenge, we thought about how we can uh, expand our network even in times of this crisis. And uh, from like March, uh, we started uh, changing all the events into virtual, uh, lecture event, uh, even matching event, all virtual. And uh, we started uh, changing it, uh, our behavior uh, in total ways. And so, so what are some examples of the types of events that you're now holding virtually that other people who are not physically at the park would be able to participate in? Some companies uh, are joining us as a, a membership so that they are not physically there and, and joining as a member so that they can join iPod through, through web so that all the events like uh, once, twice a week uh, they can join uh, through the website. That's pretty cool. So you can actually get a, a, a bit of a footprint in Japan and with that Japanese community, but not actually be physically located there. That's correct. We are expanding virtually. You know that this life science industry uh, will never stop research. So that I uh, realized that even in this time uh, of the you know severe restriction, uh, several companies are asking us for lab occupancy so that they are trying to, to join us physically. So that I realized that this real need for wet lab will never go away. So that IPARC uh, will take a, a approach, uh, both real and virtual. So I have a question for both of you. Um, obviously, Rajiv's company is focused on AI and Rajiv, you've explained a little bit about how 
the work you guys are doing on the life sciences is being driven by AI. But I think one of the big questions that a lot of people have in the kind of wake of the pandemic is how quickly we can move towards solutions. And th there's really now an urgency for public health solutions that we're seeing applied to COVID. And the question starts to become, why can't we apply that speed of, of, of collaboration towards other problems that we have in the world? Do you have any thoughts about how your technologies would be able to contribute towards solutions beyond the pandemic? Well, I think the, um, so if we, for example, look at, um, so we are primarily healthcare oriented. So we, this is uh, sort of the heart of what we do. Um, one of the things that we are uh, increasingly driving towards is uh, sort of the democratization, firstly of AI, but also of um, data. And uh, so one of the things that, um, where we see a huge opportunity is pharmaceutical companies and universities and so on, they, they're sitting on piles of data. And so what we're looking at as a company is looking at ways to democratize that as well. So in effect, start to build up uh, training sets. And, and I mean, machine learning is an incredibly powerful technology. Um, it is transformational in many ways, but it is still inaccessible to many people. And I think that using AI, many of the world's problems can, can, can be addressed. I mean, it, it, the power of AI is to find patterns, the power, it is to determine whether or not there are um, uh, anomalies. Uh, it can be used to actually generate new things. And but what it's what it needs is data. And so, if if companies can increasingly start to make, or even even if it's to uh, charge for the data that they're that they're selling, um, you could. I think you're going to start to see an explosion of um, new creativity and uh, uh, innovation in this space. And, and that's something that I, I believe that you will start to see more and more of these uh, kind of marketplaces and virtual communities and so on that will enable that sort of reach. One of the big trends that seems to be happening, uh, I just spoke with Sandy Pentland at MIT about this, is the idea of learning networks. So the idea that we're moving beyond social networks into learning networks. And for both of you, it seems like um, iPark is the beginnings of, a, say, a node in a learning network where you have expertise and specialization coming together, but then you layer that in with cooperation and communication to be able to share information. Are you guys building any capabilities for sharing the kind of data and learnings that the individual participants have. I suppose that could be expressed through the virtual events that you're doing. But beyond that, do you have frameworks for being able to share information or share learning so that the whole ecosystem can move forward faster? Thank you very much. So that's the ecosystem that we are trying to, to build. Uh, share the best practices and, and regularly uh, sharing uh, all the ideas uh, among uh, companies joining IPOC. Uh, or other members. I'm not talking about uh, uh, specific technologies to, to share ideas, but rather I would, uh, would like to, to put uh, emphasis on the community. So it's not all about the facility and technology, but the community uh, is important uh, to uh, make a successful ecosystem. So that in the panel discussion that in, in bio uh, today that it's featuring, 
And uh, we all agreed about the three components uh, for the successful ecosystem and for companies to uh, innovate or, and to grow. First is the diversity, necessity of diversity. And everyone said that you know, innovation always happens when diverse technology converges. And second is the community, as I said, community uh, which allows uh, tries and errors. So such a culture is important uh, for successful ecosystem. Lastly, the global network, even at this time of the uh, severe challenge pandemic, the, for companies to grow, the global network is important. So ecosystem can be a hub and the power to support such growth for companies. So you need diversity, community, and network to build a successful ecosystem. That's correct. That's correct. Very interesting. And it sounds like you guys are building all three within iPark. Can you tell us a little bit of a view toward the future in terms of how do you see iPark expanding and developing? Do you see the potential for other locations around Japan or in other places in the world or growth in the virtual world so that it can become more of a global enterprise? We think both. Uh, firstly, we have uh, more space to, to allow more companies to come to iPark. So, and as you said before, you know, majority of the companies right now is still Japanese. So we would like to, to open uh, our facility more to global. So more uh, companies outside of Japan uh, can regard us as a gateway to set the footprints in, in Asia. So that's our future. And second is to expand more uh, virtual network. So not just limiting to the physical uh, collocation, but we would like to, to expand our community virtually as through membership. So mm -hmm. that these two ways that we are approaching. Right, okay, very good. And within that virtual world that you're developing, do you see a role for AI? Could something like AI dynamics become a component of that virtual world? And if so, how would you guys imagine that coming to, to be? That I'm asking to Rajiv, talent network uh, in Nipark, Rajiv. Yeah, so I think uh, the way I see it is, um, I mean, as, as, uh, as Dr. Fujimoto said, we have the ability to, uh, we, the way I, I approach it from an engineer's perspective, and as an engineer, um, one of the things you see are technology stacks and you have sort of foundational technologies, um, and then you have sort of connecting technologies, you have technologies that um, allow people to interface with uh, the overall um, thing that you've built. So when you think about any technology, whether it's Windows or whether it's a database or something like that, you have an interface layer, you have a layer that sort of connects all the pieces and you have the foundational components. Um, so I kind of see that um, AI is a foundational technology. Um, you'll have other foundational technologies and capabilities, but AI is one of them. And uh, I think that uh, by being able to uh, bridge uh, and, and to uh, firstly like educate, I think is a very key factor, but also to bridge, to provide uh, the capability and to accelerate um, the development and deployment of new technologies, I think could be really essential. So, so it's basically a combination of collecting data generating new um, AI models, being able to use AI for drug discovery and so on, and uh, being able to then uh, use the models that are built and to allow those to be shipped to other companies who could potentially use it. Uh, a great example of this is suppose I, I'm a company that has developed 
let's say, um, a set of, of proteins that have certain properties. Uh, what I would be able to do then is I'm able to then ship that same AI model that I just built uh, to kind of uh, generate these kind of uh, protein structures and give this over to another company that is using, uh, let's say, is developing a therapeutic. And so then they are using the AI model that I built into their processes. And I think that there's an opportunity here um, that we can kind of create sort of this AI ecosystem there. Um, where we could, we uh, we have the suppliers of data, the ones who are collecting data, they're generating models, and then you have the consumer uh, side of things, where you are seeing companies that are actually using the models for developing new therapeutics and so on. And um, I think there's a huge potential there, and I see that at iPark certainly uh, there's the potential to bridge this this kind of producer consumer model of um, of uh, AI models. Do you see a, a point in the future where the AI models might start to work together independently of the the companies or the humans that have created them? Like there's been evidence within AI networks that they're communicating with each other in ways that we don't always actually even understand anymore. And when you combine that with life sciences work, do you think that there's ever a point where we would enter a, a world where the AIs are discovering things that we don't know about and, and, and that they don't tell us about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to, to some extent, we're already seeing um, the uh, development of new, like AI models can can definitely construct or create uh, synthetic RNA or sy synthetic DNA or create uh, new types of uh, biochemicals and so on. That, that That's already happening. And uh, one of the things that... Uh, most AI companies and like what one of the major fields of AI is to introduce explainability that if, if you are going to do create new, new chemicals or new gene sequences and so on, you should be able to explain what set of reasoning went into that. It may still be, be beyond what human being can understand, but you should still be able to follow the steps to kind of take you there. Um, That's actually fascinating, Rajiv, because as what you're saying that computers and AI, you know, let's say AI technology in general, is now capable of creating synthetic forms of, of, of DNA and, and essentially synthetic forms of life? Like, are we on the verge of computers being able to create new life forms? Um, I think that uh, we're probably not that far away from it. Um, I know that there have already been some um, tentative steps in this direction. Uh, I think that the um, uh, kind of where technology is right now. I think the co computational horsepower hasn't caught up yet uh, to be able to do the entire sequence. But for example, if, if um, we are to look at, a, let's say, synthesizing a certain protein or so on, then identifying a gene sequence that's capable of doing that um, is certainly feasible today. In terms of generating an entire uh, DNA sequence to for example, for a, even a simple um, amoeba or a simple um, a bacterium or something like that, I think is still a little bit beyond what we can do. But I, I, I see that as certainly feasible and, and, and that will be um, an outcome that we will start to see maybe in about 15 to 20 years from now. Very interesting. Um, so, you know, I think that that actually raises a whole range of questions about how that stuff is managed. And also really that idea of explainability becomes very important so that we don't end up 
uh, creating or creating the things that create things that we can't understand. Is that right? Absolutely. Um, I think that uh, building this, uh, uh, like having the ability to explain it. One, one of the other things that we are doing as a company is that um, we we take the ethics of AI very seriously. And um, uh, what we are doing is we've actually built certain ethical components into our system. So we, we already recognize that there are potential risks in what we're doing because if somebody can generate a synthetic RNA sequence, you can basically produce uh, a virus. And um, that's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. Um, and so uh, we certainly don't want AI to be used, since we're democratizing AI and lowering the bar for entry, we also don't want that to be used for creating bioweapons or, or, or chemical weapons and things like that. So, so we are introducing components in our technology that can, um, uh, that can first limit what you can do with it so that we are aware of what's going on and we've introduced forensics and so on. And I think going back to sort of the idea of building a community, I think that um, one of the things about building community is like, what are the ethical foundations of that community? And I think um, being able to participate in that by being able to bring um, a certain view of it. So companies, for example, bring a certain uh, set of values to the table uh, strengthens the community in that way. So from our side, from an AI perspective, we are bringing sort of governance and ethics into into that side from the AI component. Dr. Fujimoto, in terms of Shonan Park, how do you see that fabric of ethics, uh, which is particularly relevant for Japan, where you have strong regulatory and you have strong governance in Japan, do you, do you see that that becomes like a competitive advantage for your uh, ecosystem, that it can actually be done in a place where this type of groundbreaking research can be done safely? It is very important to think together all the aspects, uh, like a technology aspect, ethical aspect, and regulatory aspect. So to, to discuss together, we need prayers. Uh, we need to, to uh, put all the prayers together. Uh, from the government, uh, from the regulatory side, uh, from the ethical expert side, as well as uh, AI expert and biology expert. So I think ecosystem is the place uh, to uh, support or catalyze such a discussion. Right. Very good. Okay. Well, thank you both for joining us today on The Chronicles. This is exactly the type of conversation that we love to have here because we do look at the emergence of advanced technology and its impact on society. And I think uh, being able to build your own life form is definitely in the realm of that. So now we know where we can go to do that, um, Shonan Eye Park. Uh, where can we find more information about uh, the park? I know that the website is shonan-health-innovation-park.com. Um, where else can we find more information about uh, becoming a member of the virtual community? LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, we have all the SNS. Uh, channels so that please contact us okay and we hope that we can uh, maybe get a facility going inside our virtual reality side of emerald city sometime soon and and then have your ai uh systems regime meet our ai system and maybe they can come up with something great together uh as that ecosystem grows both globally and and in the virtual world thanks so much for joining us today mm -hmm.